This week's reading comes from Psalm 16. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and every day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, O Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. My enemy will say, I have overcome him, and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord, for he has been good to me. Said Shelley this morning, I'd like to um, start a better reading program tomorrow morning. And then Annette Hossack gets up here, the Queen of Lemon Butter, <laughs> and declares that in a week's time, she will be getting the still operating again. <laughs> and I shall surely fall. Let's pray for me and pray for each other as we open the Word of God. Heavenly Father, as we open up the word of God, we just simultaneously open up our hearts and our lives. You will speak to us, Lord. We just need the ears to hear, the hearts to receive, and the hands to do what you say to us. And so, Lord God, we sit before you, and in fact, we sit under your word. We ask, dear God, that you would help us to take this incredibly edifying message on board and to start the process of rebooting our prayer life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're starting a series um, over the next number of weeks. We do a lot of teaching series, but I really felt that we needed to do some, some just work on our own spirituality. So we have a very short series coming up of three or four weeks of looking at some spiritual, our spiritual issues, how we're going in our own Christian life, how we are journeying with God. A time for us as a church to reflect about our own spirituality and of course as individuals to reflect upon our own spiritual journey and our, and our walk with God. I thought there would be no better and more fundamental place to start than in the whole issue of prayer. My prayer life needs work. Does anybody else's prayer life need work out there? Can I have some honesty? Mm-hmm. It's almost kind of universal, isn't it? Sometimes our prayer life just seems to drain away and almost, you know, go into fibrillation or, or non-existence. And I think we are again and again challenged to with the concept, how do we start again? How do we reboot our prayer life. And that's what I want to talk about, uh, rebooting our prayer life. Uh, please open up the scriptures or I'll be showing the scriptures on the screen today. And I want to work through this psalm, Psalm 13. Literally, it's a very short psalm. Um, that doesn't always mean a short sermon. It may or it may not. We will see. There's the psalm there. And the first thing I want to say, the first part about how to reboot our prayer life is, friends, when it comes to rebooting your prayer life, you need to be honest to God. <clears throat> Brutally, truthfully, really honest to God. We need to open our lives. 
Do you feel that you can be honest to God? Do you feel that God is a safe space to tell God exactly what you're thinking and what you're feeling? It's interesting that we think, oh, I don't know if I could really tell God what I'm thinking and feeling. He already knows. If it ain't good in there, he knows it's not good in there. Hello? It's like, oh, I can't say that to God. He goes, oh, tell me something I don't know. I know! God knows what's, what's in, our, in our hearts and souls. Verbalizing it is the first step to having a revitalized relationship with God. Step number one is that we've got to be honest to God. This is what the psalmist says. We're talking about one of the great spiritual giants of the Bible. King David, he says, How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long... Will you hide your face from me? So his starting point is that he wants to make this connection with God, but the first thing that he acknowledges is that he's miles away from God. So that's, where, that's the starting point. I'm miles away from you. In fact, I feel, God, that I'm trying to talk to you and you've, you've turned your face away from me. I'm like talking to the back of God's head. He's not getting it. But he's honest about that. He starts being brutally honest to God. This is the starting point for rebooting our prayer life is that we need to be brutally honest to God. And so how long have he forgotten me? Friends, sometimes we feel like God's forgotten us. You feel like that and I feel like that. Sometimes we feel like we're talking to God and we're talking, but what, have we got the back of his head or something? It doesn't seem to be getting any traction with God. It feels that God has turned away from us. But verbalizing it is the first step. Now we can, I think we need to be honest to God no matter how we're feeling. This is the psalmist feeling. How do you feel with God sometimes? I believe that we're, we're sometimes angry with God. I think sometimes we feel abandoned by God. I think sometimes we feel ripped off in life by God. Well, if he's sovereign, I'm, I'm ripped off. Everyone else is doing better than me. Sometimes in life we feel ignored. Hey, whoa, nothing. Sometimes in life we feel ignored. Sometimes in life we feel overlooked, forgotten. Whatever you're feeling with God, that is the starting point to rebooting your prayer life. We just need to be honest to God. You know, I once heard a person say in a sermon, you know, God's got broad shoulders. I mean, I was fairly young when I heard that sermon. I was probably in my first job as a student pastor. And somebody said, you can tell it like it is with God, you know. He's got broad shoulders. He can wear it. He's God. You won't make him wither and die by telling him the truth, because the truth is the starting point to liberation in life. We need to be honest to God. Here's the second thing we need to do. Let's have a look at the next uh, verse there. We need to be honest to God about ourselves. So the first point is we need to be honest to God about God, how we're feeling about God. The, thing, the second thing is we need to be honest to God about ourselves. Look at verse 2. How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? And so here is the psalmist now being honest to God 
about themselves. They're saying, how long? How long will I wrestle with my thoughts? How long? This is a continuous thing. This is not, he's just not just woken up today and is having a bad day. This is a part of the ongoing problematic journey that he's having with God. How long is this going to go on? How long am I going to be wrestling with my thoughts? How many people honestly out here wrestle with their thoughts? It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable the turbulence of our minds. Should have been my brain sometimes. A tsunami of trouble up there. And so we wrestle with our thoughts and we say to God, Oh God, my, my brain, my thoughts, I'm wrestling. How long is this going to go on? This is where I'm at. I'm being honest to God about myself. I'm wrestling with my thoughts. We all have a degree of inner warfare of thoughts, unresolved, unrelenting things that assail us day after day, relentless replay of upsetting scenarios, sorrow in our hearts that just won't go away, a deep sadness in our souls. The honest truth about how we are, he's wrestling with his thoughts here, the psalmist, he has sorrow in his heart. I think we all wrestle with our thoughts. And I think we all have points whereby we have sorrow in our heart from one thing or another. Things that won't go away. How to reboot your prayer life, point number one, be honest to God about God. Be honest to God about yourself. And then he talks about his enemies. Be honest to God about your enemies. Well, hopefully these are not necessarily people you want to go and do horrible things to, but we all have enemies in life. I would ask you this question, what is the thing in life that just keeps beating you up? What is the thing in life that just keeps beating you down? What is the thing in life that you just keeps knocking you down and you've got to somehow try to get back up again? These things, what are the old foes? What are the things that knock you down and stand over you and gloat over you? Things that knock you down and down again. Did some recent training with um, Jess and Don and Ben about marriage preparation, how to prepare people for marriage and do marriages. It's a bit alarming when you're seeing your pastor is as long in the tooth as I am. He's got to go to school about how to marry people. Apologise to anybody I may have married in this church. I may have done a bad job. I don't know. Don't think so. Got another marriage coming up at the end of the month and another one after that. I'll tell you about in a minute. So one of the stats we came across was this 69% of the problems in marriage are reoccurring and remain unresolved. No one's going to say amen because you're sitting next to your spouse and, you know, we're just going to go. Little one like that, little head nod, you know. 69% of the major problems in a marriage, they are recurring and remain unresolved. You know, I think that's just a general thing in life. I think 69% of my trouble has just always been there. It's just the kind of stuff that just keeps resurfacing in Larry Galbraith's life. It's just stuff that just keeps coming up. These are the enemies, the things that I battle, the things that I wrestle with in my life that tend to have victory over me uh, from time to time or more regularly than that. And so we need to be honest to God about it. We need to name the foe. So whatever is it that gets the better of you in life, speak it out. Tell God what it is. 
name it. I believe that when we name the things that are coming against us, the power of those things is often greatly broken in our lives. I believe that in the naming of something, there's actually a psychological break that happens. When we name something for what it is, it, its power gets broken over us. I heard that from a psychologist. I've never forgotten that. He said, name it. It'll break the power of it over your life. You're right. Name it. And you can break the power. It's the first step in breaking it because it's being honest to God about our enemies. So what have we got rebooting our prayer life? We're honest to God about God. We're honest to God about ourselves. And we're honest to God about our enemies. Well, the next thing here is there's a whole shift in tone in the psalm. Look at verse 3. I've even highlighted in red so it stands out. Gives you less work to do. There's a complete shift here. He's really put it, laid it out, uh, putting his whole heart and soul, it's all out on the table. He's been telling it like it is, but now there is a shift of tone. Moves from telling it like it is to calling on God. And notice the progression. There is a progression in these next few verses that talks about a calling on God, a progression of hope, a trust and a praise. And it all happens in just a matter of a few verses. A calling on God, a progression of hope, a trust and a praise. And so now what does he say? What's the first few verses? What's the first few words on there? He says, look on me. Because how did the psalm start? What, how does he vision the posture of God? Where's God's posture in this? God's posture has what? Turned away. And what's he now saying? Turn back. Please look at me. God, please look at me. He wants to do face to face with God. He wants intimacy with God. Look on me and answer me. So instead of forgetting me forever, the contrast, the whole thing's shifting now. How long will you forget me? Turn your face from me. Look at me and answer me. The, the psalmist is putting hope. Look on me. Changes from hiding your face for me. And he acknowledges if God doesn't turn up, he's really in trouble. He's putting everything out there. Look on me and answer, Lord my God, give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. If you don't answer me, Lord, the lights are going out. I'm really looking to you. This You have to, you have to hear me because this is like I'm putting it right out there. This is serious. The consequences of you not hearing me, Lord, are huge. Are huge. Or I will sleep in death. You know, the psalmist then starts to put more and more hope in God. The hope builds. There's a, a progression of this. Then he's starting to trust God. Look at verse 4. And my, my enemy will say, I will, I've overcome him. My foes will rejoice when my fall. We'll just have groundhog day of defeat, Lord, unless you turn up and do something. I'm just going to get knocked down again. I'm just going to get overrun just going to get overpowered. But if you turn up, Lord God, with your help, it doesn't have to be the same tomorrow as it was yesterday. I can start to work in victory. I can start to have the hope of God. I can start to pin, pin all my hopes and trust in God. He can deliver me. He will deliver me. Hope starts to rise up in the psalmist. Hope starts to rise. Verse 5. 
the psalmist puts his hope. Look at verse 5. But I will trust in your unfailing love and my heart rejoices in salvation. Friends, when we are miles away from God, there are two things that need to be on your prayer agenda. Two things you must bring to the throne of God to get the reconnection, to get the modem functioning again. As we look at this thing, he, he names those things. They are the unfailing love of God and rejoicing in your salvation. The unfailing love of God and rejoicing in your salvation. When God seems miles away, when your prayer life is miserable to non-existent, the two things you need to start to talk to God about is his unfailing love for you. You need to start to look back. You need to start seeing the tracks that you've left in your life and you need to say, I see the love of God. I see the love of God. I see the love of God. I remember the scripture. I see the love of God. I see the love of God. I see the love of God. We need to recount the encounters of the love of God in our lives and bring them to him and say, I can see where I have been loved. I know that I am loved today. We need to recount the love of God in our lives. It's absolutely essential when you're miles away and you don't think God cares. Recount the the unfailing love of God. Speak to God about how he has been unfailing in his love towards you and rejoice in your salvation no matter what happens. You've got Jesus. You don't know. Yes, no matter what life serves up to you, no matter how much you get down, you've got Jesus Christ. You have been saved by God. Somehow he has, out of all of humanity, drawn you to himself. He has drawn you in. He has made you born again by the Holy Spirit. He's made you a child of God. You are an heir of salvation. You're going to go to glory. When you shut your eyes on this earth, you'll open your eyes in glory. God will carry you right there. The angels will bring you before him. And Jesus Christ will declare you forgiven. And you will spend eternity in the presence of God. Him forever, that's your destiny. That's your future. Rejoice in your salvation. Poke the person next to you and say, You've got to rejoice in your salvation. Do it right now. Give him a poke. Give him a holy poke. Give him a holy poke. Tell him, Rejoice in your salvation. It's not very Christian, is it, to get the person a holy poke? We've got to do that, friends, haven't we? God's got unfailing love and we've got to rejoice in our salvation. And look what happens then. How far has he come in six verses? Look at verse 1. Look at verse 6. Contrast them. Look at verse 1, look at verse 6. He is in his misery guts. His misery guts in verse 1. He's miles away from God. He's gone on this great journey of hope and trust and now he finds praise. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. He's been good to us. Sing his praise. Praise comes from the inside out. Praise comes from reflecting on our salvation, reflecting on the unfailing love of God. There's a welling up. His forlorn heart has been restored. It's now bursting with praise because he's chosen to meditate on the unfailing love of God. He has chosen to meditate on the salvation of God. 
and that will set a fire in your heart, brothers and sisters. That will set the fire of God in your heart. Meditate on the unfailing love of God. Rejoice in your salvation and then more and more it will start welling up in you. Um, And he says, I will sing forth this great praise. So the Bible says the mouth speaks out of the overflow of the heart. And therefore, if we're meditating on the right things on our heart, our voices. So, you know, singing praise is a deep thing. Uh, when it comes from the inside of the soul and out of the mouth, it's, it shows that there's been an incredible uh, sense of joy. Uh, my daughter Eliza, who's sitting uh, in our row today, has got a beautiful voice. Uh, mine, n- not so much. But I... <laughs> But I remember when my son was born on the 1st of Feb back in uh, 86, I got home, it was about midnight, and I got home and I grabbed my acoustic guitar and I knew I couldn't sing. I play guitar, okay, but I knew I couldn't sing. And you know what? I was just so bursting with joy that I just sang and sang and sang, probably sang for an hour or two. Words that I just made up just words of happiness, words that came from a deep place, words that were just, my heart was filled with thanksgiving for my son's birth and I just sang out of the joy of my heart and it was great and I'll never forget myself sitting, singing poorly but singing with overflowing joy. And uh, our son's just announced uh, in his engagement, just announced that he's going to be married on the 3rd of November. And we are meeting up with him on Tuesday to talk further about those things, his wife-to-be, wife Carolina. Um, but appreciate your prayer, friends. I've been quite honest about our family context and there's been a lot of troubled water in under our family's bridge over the last few years and we're really hoping that Tuesday will be a turning point but I do ask for your prayers on Tuesday afternoon and you know that joy that I felt in my heart may that be restored to our family so uh, how do you reboot your prayer life well here's pretty easy really the psalmist has said it all this is what we need to do we need to be honest to God about God we need to be honest to God about ourselves we need to be honest to God about our enemies, we name them, we break their power and then we move into this place as we meditate on the goodness and the love of God. We go from hope to trust to praise. But it all just begins with three words. How do you want to, um, how do you want to reboot your prayer life? Honest to God. Friends, let us be honest to God and it will reboot our prayer life every time we're honest to God. That will happen. Amen.